And here we are back in the studio after being out of the studio for a day. Was blessed to be doing the show yesterday from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson, site of the Raiders headquarters after a, a day of practice. And today, after a padded practice, and I was excited about today going into today because it was a padded practice, first padded practice of training camp for the Raiders in 2021, but it was only half padded. It wasn't the full pads, and that was the excitement level. That's what I really thought we were going to see today, but it was not the full pads. It was the shells, but, you know, that was about it. But again, you could still see the physicality starting to ramp up a little bit more, and you did see more than you saw on Monday, and Monday was one of those practices that felt like it was just a little sluggish. It was funny because the media that was there, including myself, and it was really hot on Monday, just kind of seems like we weren't 100% fired up and had the energy. And I think someone even joked about, hey, I don't think the energy from the, the media is where it needs to be. Well, we don't need to have our energy up. But it's also something about feeling like you're really into what's going on out there. And I, I know for myself, and I can only speak for myself, on Monday, it seemed like just coming off the weekend, it's just a little sluggish. So today, to see the energy level up a little bit, to see uh, everything get started on the indoor facility to begin with and then move outside, to see the alumni there, that was great. I heard Jim. Uh, I heard JT talk about Jim Otto being in attendance. That was great. Saw Donald Penn. He was there. There was many alumni in attendance, and I thought that that was really cool. And, of course, they have a great event going on at Legion Stadium tonight, and I, I tried to pull a hustle. And, Damon, I tell you all the time, you're guaranteed to miss the shots you don't take. It wasn't really a hustle. It's just, it's just a question. I mean, I, I'm the guy who asks a question, and I don't mind getting a, a no because that's better than not asking at all. And I kicked myself on Saturday. I was at the facility and David Carr was there broadcasting on NFL Network with Omar Ruiz, who Omar Ruiz I had on the show on Friday. And uh, he's great. And I was going to ask David if he wanted to come on the show, pop on the show Monday or just knock out an interview right then and there. And I kept saying, well, I'll just ask him in a little bit. I'll ask him in a little bit just because, you know, he was working. We were working. There's things going on. And then before you know it, I end up inside the facility. We're at the media session. I come back and he's gone. So I said, you know what, Q, big dummy, you're supposed to ask these things immediately. You're not supposed to even think about it and hesitate because the worst thing you can say is what? No. I'm okay with no's. So, you know, it, it just <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. It just happens. But, uh, you know, I, I asked JT earlier as he was walking through the hallway, he's going to be emceeing the, the big alumni event tonight at the Allegiant Stadium. I said, hey, man, uh, What's the chances that a brother can get in there <laughs> and just be a fly on the wall? I don't need to do a media session. I don't need to, you know, record interviews. I don't need to take pictures and tweet them out. I just know that with all the alumni that is in town and, you know, I, I asked one of the questions to John Gruden about the alumni being in town and how much that excites him because I know John Gruden is a head coach that respects the history of the Raiders. He really respects the history of the Raiders. So I, I know that he's going to go out of his way to make sure that the event is uh, really, really good tonight at Allegiant Stadium. I know JT's hosting it, and he just kind of looked at me. and was like, nah, man, I mean, it ain't no no go. And I, I told him straight up, I, I know that there's no chance, but you might as well ask. You got to use your mic, dude. No, man, come <laughs> on, man. Give me a break. Uh <laughs> I'm just saying, it's radio, man. You got to use your mic. They They can't, they don't know what you're thinking. No, well, you know, like mainly, I don't. I never talk on JT show. I filled in a couple of times. So mainly with JT, I'm just doing a lot of nodding and agreeing. Yeah, yeah, it's silently. all good. It's all good. I'm trying to give you some love. So man. I had to. I had to remember. No, I actually talk on this show. Come on, let's go. Just trying to give you some love. Yeah, man, but Derek, but Derek or David Carr, you know, he probably would have asked first. Do me and Derek have you blocked on Twitter? And no, then, he could have checked. 
He knows I'm a good dude. <laughs> he knows I'm a good dude. And I'm not I'm not the guy that's trying to trying to get headlines and trying to, you know, get the most clicks or all that other stuff. I'm just trying to get some content. You know, and that's who that's who I am. I'm always the guy who's thinking about the show twenty four seven. There's certain people that think about the show Monday through Friday when the show's on. I'm thinking about the show twenty four seven. I wake up and think, oh man, I could get I could do this for the show. Oh, this could go for the show. Oh, how could I bring this on? That's just how my mind is wired. And so when I saw David Carr, I thought, hey, it's family day here at the facility. Oh, that'd be some good content. And I just dropped the ball. That was my fault. That was opportunity. Yeah, it was opportunity that I missed. And I don't I don't do that very often. That was that was like Michael Jordan, and I don't want to call myself Michael Jordan, but that's like Michael you Jordan. Just did. No, I don't mean that, but <laughs> just like Michael Jordan passing the ball to Steve Kerr for the game winner instead of taking it himself. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I put it in that in that perspective. Instead of instead of taking the shot myself, I should I I I try to pass. I don't need a pass, man. Assists are overrated. <laughs> they are. They are. They're overrated. Because I mean, then you got people in the league that just hunt assists now. No, I it's mean, the numbers. you know, it, it, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, that event's going to be exciting, man. So I'm, I'm fired up that JT has the opportunity to to go in and MC that. And I'm sure that he'll have plenty of stories uh, for the show tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Now, I will say, coming into the show, I didn't expect there to be breaking news, but there is breaking news uh, to a certain extent. Offensive tackle Sam Young, who's really a guy who's, who's looked at as a piece of uh, – uh, he's a depth piece – you know, he's a guy who can fill in uh, when need be. He was called upon a few times last year. The Raiders re-signed him in the offseason. He has been placed on the reserve retired list. So uh, another member of the Silver and Black has retired. Uh, Theo Riddick, he retired after contacting COVID. He had been thinking about retiring before the season started. He comes down with COVID. Boom. He retires. Then they had, and I, I hate that his name escapes me, but there was a, another player yesterday that retired. That was a guy that I didn't expect to make the team. So I don't really even consider that a big deal. Um, you know, not again, not trying to be disrespectful, but it was a dude that uh, was there to to compete in camp. He wasn't going to be one of the 53 men on the roster. But that's just another player that has retired, another depth piece, another guy that, you know, was, was there to help, you know, get all these guys sharp and get them in, in, in tune for the regular season. And, and now he's gone. And so Sam Young been in the league 12 years. He battled quite a bit of injuries in 2020. So not a guy that you could always rely on, but, you know, he was a, a steady piece. And I'm sure uh, something that Tom Cable is a little disappointed that he decided to retire. And it's funny, I was uh, exchanging some tweets just a few minutes before the show started with uh, Willie Ramirez from the AP. He's been on uh, this station many times with uh, Vinny Bonsignor and, and others. And he said, I don't remember seeing Sam at practice today. And I could have sworn, and this is how days, I guess, just kind of come together. I could have sworn that I saw him at practice today. I could have sworn he was standing in the end zone working on offensive line drills, and I was standing right there. But then I went back and looked in, in the videos that I have that I tweeted out earlier today, and I did not see him there. And then Willie said, I didn't see him during the stretching. I didn't see him the first 30 minutes of practice. So maybe Sam Young wasn't out there. I, I made the mistake of thought that he was out there today, but apparently he wasn't, according to Willie. And, well, now he goes and retires, so I guess it doesn't matter if he was out there or not. He's, uh, he's retiring, so he won't be out there tomorrow. And, I mean, it's... It's just how it goes, man. Sometimes, you know, it, it, sometimes it's for everybody. Sometimes it ain't. Yeah, I think, like, with these older players, I think just the grind of getting to camp, get the pads on, and then you just, nah, I don't feel like it. I mean, sometimes. sometimes I don't feel yeah. like it. That's the valid answer. Like, what's the, what's the reasoning behind this? I just didn't feel like it. It's just, I mean, once you've been in the game, I mean, Theo Riddick, perfect example, 10 years in the league, you know, and, and he said, or, or Josh Jacobs said just the other day that, hey, he was thinking about it uh, before the training camp began, before any of that really got started. He'd. 
you know, he could see him even last year getting getting out to practice a little bit slower than everybody else, getting his pads on a little bit slower. Just, you know, once you've been in that grind for a long time, man, that, that wears on you, you know. And, and so you look at Sam Young, 12 years in the league. Boom. There you go. Now, of course, Kirby Wilson, running back coach. He retired earlier this offseason. Mark Bedane, obviously, that was a big one when the president stepped down and he retired. Uh, you know, and who knows what he's going to do. I, I expect that he's going to be doing some some big things uh, moving forward. I did hear a little side note as I was out uh, over the weekend. I was out at the uh, Red Rock Cafe uh, having dinner. Matter of fact, with Lee Sterling, who was just on JT's show, uh, and he had a, a buddy with him where Mark Bedane is actually kind of volunteering as a, a football coach right now. So he's he's doing some volunteering on the, on the high school level as far as football coach. So He's just out living his best life right now. That's cool. I think that that's Man, awesome. The freedom of just being able to say, just you know being what? retired. I, yeah, I'm, I got, I got time. I could do what I want to do. Just do some fun stuff. Right. Exactly. And I mean, a guy that's uh, been true. in an organization for over thirty years, I think he knows a little something about football. So I'm not going to turn his application down if he says, "Hey, I want to do some volunteer of, you know, coaching." I'm good with that. Somebody, no, no, no. These credentials don't check out. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're not qualified. Oh. But, where, but where did your head coach at? No, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's you know I, I think that it's better for players and coaches with for that to be said to retire before the season starts. You know, once the team is put together, once that 53 man roster is is set, once you feel like you have your depth, once you feel like you have your practice squad, these are the guys you're going go to go to go go to war with every every Sunday. Every Monday, every Thursday, whatever the day is, those are the guys you're going to bat with. Those are the guys you want to be able to count on. So I, I rather personally, just from my standpoint, I rather these guys, if they're thinking about retire, go on to retire now before before it gets hot and it's going to get hot soon. And I don't mean the temperature. I mean, I mean, the, the play on the field and, and when it when it matters, when it matters the most. No, maybe it is the temperature. Maybe they're just like, you know what? I'm getting too old for this. It's hot out here. You know, maybe you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it is the heat. Uh, it is hot. <laughs> you know, it is hot out there. I'll tell you that. It's like, man, I'm 35 years old, man. I don't want to be dealing with this anymore. There's man. no reason why I'm not doing anything, and I come in, and I'm in here sweating. You know, my 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 head's all. You know how it feels when you're out there and you're playing ball or something out on the on the concrete or something, and you're just you're really sweating, and then you you get cool and you dry off really quickly, and your head gets sticky, and that's how that's how Gross. I feel every day when I'm coming in for training camp, and I ain't done nothing. Just I'm just standing there so I can imagine what these guys are doing. And this is early in the morning. I don't even realize. Sometimes I'm sending text messages like I was sending you a text message this morning and I couldn't get a hold of you. But it was super early. You know, it was I looked down. and I thought it was 10 o'clock, <laughs> 11 o'clock in the morning. It was about 730, 7.45. But I still couldn't get a hold of you. And I woke up at 9 a.m. You did come through. And it's like, but you man, did come I'm, through. I'm not up early enough for you. No. No, no, <laughs> never, <laughs> never, my man, never. You go to bed late. This is the rules. You got to go to bed late and you got to get up super early. That's how this game works. That's how you win in this game. You got to do it. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the news that's coming out as far as the Raiders go. Uh, I did enjoy what I saw as far as the padded practice today. And, again, it was just shells, but uh, they're ramping up to the full to the full meal deal as far as the pads go. Uh, you can see a lot more energy out there. Uh, there were some good things going on. I saw uh, Henry Ruggs was looking really good. And it's so funny to you, – you tweet out a, a, a compliment or you tweet out uh, something that happened, a fact. I tweeted out that Derek Carr hit Henry Ruggs deep, right? And it was a perfect pass, perfect route, just great everything. I mean, the whole play was a, a perfect play. And then people hit me on Twitter, and I shouldn't care what anyone says on Twitter, but it's so funny. 
Oh, I know he's, he can run deep. Oh, I know he could do this. How come you're not talking about him running bubble screens? Or how come you're not talking about him doing this or that? Look, man, don't kill the messenger. I'm just telling you what stood out. There was a big play that stood out. There was a couple big bombs from Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs that I would think most Raider Nation would be excited to hear about because that's what the big complaint was, uh, uh, you know, a year ago. Oh, they're not connecting. They're not on the same page. They're not, you know, he's not trusting Ruggs deep. Okay, so then you tell him that he's trusting him deep, and it's like, well, can he do it in a game? Well, how come he's not doing a bubble screen? Well, I don't care about him. What about this guy? I actually heard that. I don't care about Ruggs. I care about this guy. And I'm like, well, damn, man, look, don't kill the messenger. I'm looking at the Raiders' Twitter right now, and there's a video of Carr hitting Ruggs deep on a pass. Yeah. There's, but from what you're saying, is like people are, they, they could look at that tweet, they could look at that and say, I don't care. No, it is. It's just a reason to say that there's still something wrong, that there's a problem, to be pessimistic about it. You know, and uh, let's see, I'll, I'll tell you one. Oh, damn, the secondary is not looking good. That, that <laughs> I did look at a Renfro catch that was like, oh, falling right. down, like in the end zone. Right. Like, oh, man, it looks good. How about but- this one? How about this one? We already know he could run deep routes. I want to hear that he's running crossing routes, outs, bubble screens. They have to get him the ball more in space. Carr has to trust him to get the job done other than just running deep. And I said, don't kill the messenger, Doc. I'm just passing along what, what happened. That's it. That's it. Come on, man. Like, we need to see this. Exactly. If he's catching passes, that means that someone else is getting passes thrown on them. And that's a problem with this team. No, it's it's not because iron sharpens iron. So, yeah, if you're out there putting in work, put in work. This is what you, this is when you're supposed to make mistakes. This is when you want a defensive back to get beat. It's in training camp. You don't want to get beat in the games. You want to see Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr develop that uh, chemistry. You want to see all that. You want to see it with all the guys. I saw him take some deep shots to Brian Edwards, and I'll tell you right now, Brian Edwards is a guy who could be a player. If he could stay healthy, he could be a real deal player. He went up and, and high-pointed a ball, and it looked like he was coming down. He came down with it, and when he hit the ground, the ball bounced up. So we know it's an incompletion, so it's nothing to get excited about. But you could tell his expectations were he should have caught that damn ball. He got up. He was pissed. He was cussing just because he was you know mad that, that he let the ball loose when he had both hands on it. I mean, that's, that's what I want to see. I, that's what I want to see. That's the kind of reaction I want to see. I want to see a guy angry when he didn't complete the play because he knows that he can. That's just going to make him better moving forward. So, again, I don't tweet out anything for anyone that's, oh, my gosh, that's breaking news. Or anything. No, I'm just, just telling you what's going on. I'm just trying to pass, you, pass it along, give you a little bit of an idea of what's going on. And it's so funny. As soon as you do and you say something positive about the team, it's like, yeah, but. There's always a yeah, but. Yeah, but. Well, we know he's fast. Well, we know he can go deep. Well, I mean, they're not rolling out the whole playbook either in training camp. That's the other thing, <laughs> you know? So Let's see him do it over the middle with a linebacker breathing down his neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much pressure was on Carr, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's something that JT even pointed out. Like, you know, there was a couple plays where Carr was in the pocket a little bit longer than normally would expect it. You know, if, if he was in the pocket that long, he's probably going to get sacked, you know? But... They're not bringing the quarterback to the ground. They're just not. Oh, and then, but if you had a giant situation, fans <laughs> right. would lose their mind. Right. What are they doing sacking the quarterback? I mean, it's, look, man, you can't win. You can't win at all. You just, you just have to roll with the punches. But again, from what I've seen from training camp, small sample size, just day six, saw a lot of energy, saw a lot of guys, you know, really out there working hard. Uh, heard the coaches coaching these guys up. I love the energy that Tom Cable brings. I love, I've mentioned it before, I love what Ron Milas brings as far as the, the secondary coach. He does a hell of a job. 
You know, and he has no problem saying, oh, okay, hold on. No, you did that wrong. Come here. Come stand next to the teacher and, tell, and let me tell you what you did wrong. And he'll do that. He'll do that. And, and the other thing about Ron Miles that I'm excited about, and I think that all of Raider Nation should be excited about this, Ron Miles, if you're not doing your job, if you're continuing to get it wrong and still just kind of out there freelancing or not doing what you're supposed to do, you will be standing next to Ron Miles. You won't be on the field. You'll be standing right next to him with your helmet in your hand, wondering what the hell just happened. Why is that guy in the game and not me? That sometimes is what players need to sharpen their own tool. You know, you take something away from someone sometimes, gets their mind right. You know, it's just the name of the game. So uh, things are going progressing. They are progressing. But I uh, did want to pass along that note about Sam Young uh, retired, and apparently he wasn't in practice today, and my days are running together. My fault. That's that's on me. I, I Man, I did, too. As soon as I saw that he retired, I was like, oh, I just saw him at practice today. Maybe you saw him at practice yesterday. It's all right. Maybe the heat's getting to my brain. Maybe I need to retire, too. <laughs> <laughs> Got to retire. <laughs> It's been fun, though. I'll tell you, man. It's been fun getting up early, heading out to the facility, checking out training camp, checking out the media session, you know, listening to Coach today, Coach Gruden talk, Nick Wachowski talk, Trayvon Mullen talk, listening to, you know, those guys in the meeting to come in here and and, and and tell the story on the air and, and, and let it be known how things are going, uh, who's standing out to me, and, and guys that I'm paying attention to and seeing what they're doing. And uh, I had a, a list, man. I had, like, four guys that I was really going to pay attention to today because I thought they were going to be in full pads. I wanted to see, uh, you know, how Alex Leatherwood, he, he's a guy who I criticized. I'm not going to lie. I have no problem with that. I criticized the pick, the selection at number 17 overall. I thought it was too high. thought that they should have got him in the second round. Okay, well, they got him. They got him. They're excited about him. They've been eyeing him for a long time. He's a guy that has quickly made me, just from being around him, has quickly made me almost kind of go back and eat my words and say, hey, man, I'm excited about this dude. You know, and I think it's kind of his... His old school feel, his veteran feel, like Vinny's been saying, he, he seems like a veteran even though he's still a rookie. He's just got an all-business attitude. He really does. And Max Crosby hit him with a bull rush earlier today, and Alex Litherwood just dropped his hips and was good. Was good. And, and I'm telling you, Max is out there. He's out there working. Max is out there putting in work. So when Alex Leatherwood's able just to kind of stone him and, and keep him away, that's when you know that, okay, this, this rookie's going to be okay. He had mentioned to the media on Saturday, even when without the pads, he still works on his technique. He's working, uh, you know, with his, his feet placement. He's working on, you know, the way he's supposed to do things when he has pads on. So when the pads are on, he's prepared. And it's just, it's just that mentality that he has. I don't blame the Raiders. I, I understand why the Raiders were excited about this guy because he does seem like a guy who's going to to make some things happen and, and be that right tackle, starting right tackle day one, like Mike Mayock said he was going to be right after they drafted him, and they didn't give a damn what anyone th- said about that pick, including me, including any of the draft people, and they didn't care about me regardless. But, I mean, they, they didn't care what anybody had to say about that pick. And I, I like I said, I had no problem saying I thought that they picked him too high. I thought Trayvon Merrick was a first-round guy, and I thought Alex Leatherwood was a second-round guy. Well, guess what? I got those rounds wrong, but still got the same got the got the same players, got the same results, just in different rounds. If they're both successful, the only two people that are going to care are their agents. That's it. <laughs> That's it. If they're both successful, the Raiders ain't going to care. They're going to have a fifth year option on Alex Leatherwood, and they'll have well four years with Trayvon Merrick, and they'll have to worry about his contract. But they, that's something that they, you know, hey, we've got two really good players is what they'll be saying, and that's all they care about at the end of the day. And another guy I was one to pay attention to, Malcolm Koontz. Well, with, with, you know, some pads on, you're able to see what he's able to do, but not really the full throttle, you know? So it's a, it's a little bit, 
little bit scaled back, you know, just just a tad. So uh, Malcolm Kuntz is a guy I'm excited about. Third round pick out of Buffalo. I want to see if he's able to do what I think he could do against NFL talent. I really do. And, you know, Khalil Mack obviously came from Buffalo. Hell of a player. We all know that. Don't have to revisit that story. But Malcolm Kuntz has a lot of tools on his tool belt to get to the quarterback. He really does. He has a lot of different moves and ways to get to the quarterback. If he can go up against NFL offensive linemen and be successful like he was in Buffalo, the Raiders got a sneaky good pick. So that's a guy that I'm paying attention to. And then two guys that have been on the team for a while, Cleve Earl and Damon Arnett, paying attention to them to see, are they running with the ones? Are they running with the twos? Are they looking like they're understanding what they're supposed to be doing? How do they fit into Gus Bradley's scheme? How do they fit into what Ron Miles is, is trying to do? How do they fit in with this team in 2021? Are they guys that are are more depth? Or are they guys that are expected to be big-time contributors? So those are the guys that I was looking forward to seeing and really paying attention to today. Of course, it kind of got, um, you know, not put on the back burner, but just kind of set to the side a little bit as they weren't full pads. And so they will be at full pads at some point uh, this week and, and, and get excited to, to see that and be able to talk about that as well. So Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. I'd like to uh, get your interaction on the show all the time. 702-365-9200. We also have the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Visit SalmonAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Who are you most looking forward to looking to or who are you looking forward to seeing the most? Who are you paying attention to the most as far as when the pads come on? Who's the players that you really want to hear about? The ones that you want to read about? Who is it? Who is it in pads that you care about the most? Let me hear from you. 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at 2.30, Albert Hall, the president and founder of the Summer League. That's right, some NBA action. He's going to join us to talk about the Summer League that gets kicked off this Sunday. That's Albert Hall, president and founder of the Summer League. He'll join us in a matter of minutes. But before we went to break, I threw out the question out there uh, for Raider Nation. Who are you looking at or want to hear about the most now that the pads are going on? Raider Nation listener line 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go on out to Mitch in New Jersey. You're on Raider Nation Radio 920. What's on your mind this afternoon? Hey, what's poppin'? How you doing? Chillin', man. What's up with you? Oh, I was just almost done my day. I got Santa coming from Virginia. All uh, right. You know, tomorrow my, my, my sister on that wants to see Manhattan. Okay. You can have Manhattan. I've seen her enough. <laughs> All right. <laughs> For him, it's first time. Hey, it's nice. I hope the weather's good for them. Um, before I get to my points, yeah, I want to pick it back yesterday. Um, I wish there was a show between uh, Clay and um, JT. Rick. Yep. Yeah, there's, there's a three-hour gap there. But anyway, well, who I'm more interested in uh, out of all the Raiders? Jacobs. Okay. Maybe, you know, share some of the yards. Maybe have two 1,000-yard uh, backs. And Farrell. You know, I think of Will Farrell, but... Uh, Clee Farrell. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have to get the sacks, but if he could be instructed and be on the first team, I love it. Thanks for taking my call. All right, appreciate you uh, talking about Josh Jacobs right there and Clee Farrell. And I think you were talking about the uh, upcoming season, what you want to see from him this upseason. I'm just talking about what you want to see from these guys or hear about these guys in training camp. Uh, who's the ones that get you excited? So uh, let's go hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line and let's talk to Brian and Henderson. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's going on, kid? Chilling, man. Uh, chilling. 
from one of the videos I saw earlier today, it was like, um, Major Robinson was, he got burnt by Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to see that. Right. Hunter Renfro to me is not blazing fast. He's got decent speed. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to see that, mm-hmm. you know, so stuff like that. But I'd like to see what Amit Robinson is going to do. Um, I really want to see Ruggs, but when it comes to receivers, you really don't. You can't really put your hands on receivers in practice. Right. Um, but I want to get something off my chest in regards to all these videos now about, you know, what the Mexican uh, World Cup thing in the United States at the Legion Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just bad because they're, they're blaming the Raiders. They're blaming the Legion Stadium. They're blaming the Metro in regards to this already, all these fights that took place that they say the media is not showing. And it's not the Raiders' fault. Right. Getting the kinks out, I, I totally understand. Year number one was COVID. Nobody was there. So we're trying to get the kinks out, meaning the, Raider, meaning the Raiders, and then the parking situation. I mean, it's not going to be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a parking garage or the case may be, but every year I'm very optimistic about the Raiders, the draft, whatever the case may be. But it's just kind of difficult when you have one playoff run in 20 years or whatever the case may be. I just, like you said last week, show me. I just, you know, just the show me state like you were talking about. I just want to sit back and wait. And, and yeah, we're going to at some point try to get someone from Allegiant Stadium on to kind of talk about what they're doing, how they're working uh, their way through the, you know, the, the slight issues when it comes to, you know, the the in and out of the stadium and, and, and you know, getting tickets. And I know that there's been, you know, it hasn't been the smoothest transition, but it's, it's I mean, they're working out the kinks. They got to work out the kinks. Like you said, they didn't have it last year. They didn't have fans in the stands. So uh, the media talks about it every day at practice. Like, man, it was so easy to drive into Allegiant last year to, you know, to go to a game and cover a game. It's not going to be that way this year. So everyone's got to get used to it. But you know how we are, man. Nobody has patience. Everyone's just like, I want it now, 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 now. Give me 17 and 0. Give me a Super Bowl championship, and I need it now. Just what it is. What's that commercial? I want my money. I want it now. It's my money, and I need it now. There you go. DeMond has already said that. He said that to me in the hallway. Q, come on. Get my money now. All right, Javier in Denver, real quick. Let's get you on. What's up, Javier? Hey, how you doing, buddy? Chilling, uh, man. I'm, I really am looking forward to Henry Ruggs. To, uh, I'm, I'm in Denver to go off on their uh, Patrick Sertan. Ooh. We'll see how that matchup goes. Yeah. Um, um, I'm assuming they drafted him to compete with the Wallers and Henry Ruggs and all the, you know, all the offensive yeah. uh, power that we have in our division. But um, coming here from li- living in Denver, right? I really want Henry Ruggs to go off. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Thank you so much for that. And I'll tell you, I was a big fan of Sertan. And I knew that the Raiders had no opportunity to get him because he was just going to go too high as he did go to Denver. But, uh, man, I kind of cringed a little bit when he went to Denver. I think he's going to be a stud. I really do. Uh, but, again, I've, I've been the guy on the record that says I I really enjoy watching Alabama football. I think that those guys are coached up correctly. Uh, in, the, in the example of Josh Jacobs and Alex Leatherwood and, you know, Kenyon Drake now. I mean, there's there's Alabama guys all up and down the rosters, Alabama guys all around the league. I really enjoy what Nick Saban has going on with them. And Patrick Sertan, obviously, he's got the bloodlines with his father. Uh, that's a... That's a hell of a player right there. So that will be a fun battle. And I think you're right. I think you'll see him matched up with Waller quite a bit. And uh, depending on what Brian Edwards does, you might see him matched up with Brian Edwards more just because of the size. But that will be a fun 
battle to see those guys go at it twice a year. Patrick Sertan and whoever he's matched up with. So, uh, yeah, good stuff right there. Uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, DeMond, just kind of on on the fly producing. Uh, do we, who, do we, who do we have next or do we not? Or what's this? We got TR and Indy next. All right. Since since we don't have any uh, any kind of communication as far as, uh, you know, like writing it down or anything and letting us know, TR, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? It's my transition, and I want it now. <laughs> That's right. Go on with it. <laughs> I, I want to talk, hear about Kenyon Drake, man. Okay. I, I think, you know, when the injury, I'd like to hear what's going on with that. But more importantly is how is Gruden going to scheme him up? I think with Waller and Ruggs on the field, that could be a really interesting dynamic with Drake coming out of the backfield. I do, too. I do, too. I'm excited about that. Th- thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Um, I'm excited about Kenyon Drake. I know a lot of people uh, got upset thinking that, oh, why would they sign that guy? They spent too much money. You got a healthy Josh Jacobs. What are you doing? I like that, man. I like that two-headed monster, the capabilities of, of what Drake can do in Jacobs. And Jacobs has said it multiple times. Man, what Drake can do, it's, it's, it's like that Joker role that everyone thought that Lynn Bowden Jr. was going to be, except for this guy's a veteran in the league. He's a guy that, that's been there, done that, and can get it done. He can catch the ball at the backfield. We've seen him uh, run a, a wheel route today that, that he was on point with. Um, he makes crisp cuts, man. I mean, and I know these guys aren't going full throttle. They're not trying to get these guys to the ground. But, um, yeah, there's a lot to like about what, uh, what Kenyon Drake is doing out there. And I think that one-two punch between him and uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be great. And to know that Josh Jacobs was lobbying for him, that's the thing about it. It's not like he's going to be upset, oh, Kenyon Drake's in the game. No, man, that's his guy. That's who he wanted to uh, you know, be with the Raiders. That's the guy that he lobbied and said, go get him. They asked him, hey, what are your thoughts? Go get him. Well, they got him. That's a guy to get excited about. Look, and I'm not here to push rainbows and puppy dogs and sunshine and tell you the the world is great and everything's going to be uh, 100%. And at the end of the season, you're going to be the only fan base smiling. But I'll tell you, man, there's early on, there's some things to be excited about as far as I'm concerned. And that's just from me being there observing. Now they got a long way to go and it's early in the training camp period. But right now I'm liking what I'm seeing. The time is 2.34. When we come back, we're expected to be talking to Albert Hall, the president and founder of the Summer League. Talk a little NBA action. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're expected to have Albert Hall, president and founder of the Summer League, uh, talk a little bit of NBA action. And unfortunately, he hasn't called in. And I really am disappointed in that because I'm a big Summer League guy. I love Summer League. Been coming to Vegas for years to watch Summer League. I remember seeing John Wall and Boogie Cousins playing Summer League. I remember Steph playing in Summer League. I remember seeing a lot of cats playing Summer League. So I really was looking forward to talking to him. It gets started this uh, upcoming Sunday. And uh, of course, we here at Raider Nation Radio 920, we have your tickets. We have your tickets in. It's a great family event. Uh, you could take, you know, the kids to go check out these uh, NBA stars before they're superstars in the league and just kind of get a little early action. So if you want tickets, we'll be giving out individual or, or you know, pairs of tickets uh, on the daily. But also, if you want to win a family four-pack of tickets, you can go to lvsportsnetwork.com right now. Click on the little NBA symbol. And when you do that, uh, just sign up right there, and you'll be in to win a family four-pack. You could also win a jersey. I mean, there's all kind of good stuff. So go to uh, lvsportsnetwork.com and click on the NBA symbol for tickets to summer league and hopefully at some point albert hall the president and founder of the summer league will join us because really looking forward to talking to him i will tell you coming up at three o'clock shereen williams you want to talk about hall of famer 
Shereen Williams is a Hall of Famer. She works for Pro Football Talk. Uh, she's going to join us at uh, 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL, uh, take a look around the league. I usually do cover three at that point, but since she's going to talk all things NFL, that could be our cover three. So Shereen Williams will join us at the top of the hour to talk all things NFL and talk about the events that are going to be happening in Canton, Ohio uh, this week. So let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. And then there, the phone lines are wide open like some old school TV antennas at 702-365-9200. Talking about players that you're looking forward to seeing and hearing about in training camp. Now that pads are on, let's go out to the Bay and talk to Tim. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, how's it going? Chill it, man. How are you? Good, man. You know, being a Raider fan as long as I have, I will say one thing, man. Training camp has always been, you know, misinformed, I feel like. You always hear all these good things about these players doing well on camp and game day. Just, just a no-show. I think of, like, Arden Key, for instance, or Ray <laughs> Ray Armstrong. But anyway, man, <laughs> what I am, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I'm excited to see, you know, how the, the safeties are doing. Like, what's what's the safety lineup going to look like when we start? Yeah. You know, Trayvon. Uh, I'm really I'm really hoping he really pans out, man, because we were missing that safety presence last year. You know, and really see if Abram Abram can go over that hump. You know, we really we really needed him in certain situations, and he he came through a few plays, but he he just needs to be consistent. So mm-hmm. for camp, I feel like what you can see, you know, really is the coverage and. And with the reads, you know, that's, that's what you can find, you know, in camp. But are they, are they making the right moves, the right judgment calls? You know, you can't really see the full hitting or the full explosiveness. But, right. you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I want to see in camp from the safety presence in that secondary. You know, because there's a lot of moving pieces. I know we, we did pretty well in the beginning last year. But now I don't know if that's asking for too much this year. Just being that there's been so many moving pieces, so you lack a little bit of that consistency. So for me... You know, I, I, I don't know what to really expect this year. It could be, you know, one or the other. But that's really a Raider season for you, right? Right. No no doubt. No doubt. No. And, and, Tim, before I let you go, man, what part of the Bay are you in right now? Uh, San Jose, California. Ah, the 408 representing. All right. That's what's up. Okay. I see you, man. Hold it down. I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm, I'm always tuning in. No doubt. There he is. Tim representing that 408. Definitely not mad at that at all. Let's go out to a guy who's representing maybe Trayvon Mullen. Let's talk to Raider 27. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, you know, um, I think the most important thing that I'm concerned with is Alex Leatherwood and the right side of that offensive line getting together before the season starts. Saw a video on Twitter of of, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Everything I've seen about him, Man, that guy's tearing people up in, in camp. Now, they haven't really got going yet. Right. It's good to see. I mean, even, even if they just got one play right and showed that one on Twitter, it makes you feel better to see it. Because I'll admit, man, I was, like, shaking my head at that pick. And right. then when I researched it, like, dude, this guy's going to be a really, really good player. You know, so I, I think he's going to be good. But you, the truth of it is, is if our defense doesn't improve a lot, we're going to need that offense to score a lot. I mean, our offense was required to score 30 points a game to win last year. You, that's not sustainable. Right. You just can't keep that up every year. And if you don't have an offensive line, you're not scoring 30 points a game. Agreed. Agreed. 
Good stuff. Good stuff, Raiders 27. Great call. And, you know, obviously uh, the offensive line is something to pay attention to, and that's why I was really paying attention or I wanted to pay attention to Alex Leatherwood because of everything you just said. Uh, he's got a very, uh, as a matter of fact, attitude while he's out there. There's not a lot of smiles, not a lot of goofing off, not a lot of dancing, anything like that, and nothing wrong with that. Hell, I'm out there dancing sometimes. They'll put a song on, I'll start dancing. But it ain't about me. It's about them. So there, he's out there, man. He's focused. He's locked in, and he he looks the part. Now, again, you'll know more once they get the full pads on, and he's really able to go up against somebody. Really, you'll you'll learn about a lot about that offensive line in general when they scrimmage against the Rams. That's when they're going up against somebody else. That team has pride. The Raiders have pride. They they're not going there to be you know some test dummies for the Rams. They're going there to put their will on them too. You know, John Gruden said that the other day. Vinny asked him about that that trip to see the Rams, and he said, hey, we got talent too. We're going out there to compete too. And that's what, you know, my expectations are, uh, you know, from them as well, to go out there and show what they can do, not just, you know, not just go out there and, and, and catch wood from the Rams. You know, they, they're also going to go out there and uh, and do what they do. And, uh, yeah, man, there's, there's like I said, some things to like, but as, you know, Tim and the Bay mentioned and, and, and everybody in Raider Nation really has mentioned that, you know, it's, it's a lot of times there's a lot of hype in, in training camp. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of energy. And, of course, everyone's 0-0 zero zero right now. Everyone has the same goal. Nick Wachowski said it today. Everyone has the same goal, winning the Super Bowl. Everyone, you know, believes that they have an opportunity. But when, it, when the, you know, it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, you know, there's only a handful of teams that have that opportunity. And that 30 points a game that you mentioned, that was something, and I have no problem saying this, Gangster Raider had said this last year when we were doing this show. I was on with Scott Goldbranson. He said, hey, um, the Raiders couldn't score 30 points a game. They needed to average 30 points a game. And I said, there's no way. Teams don't average 30 points a game. You just don't. That's a, It's a lofty goal, but teams don't average 30 points a game. Well, the Raiders damn near did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they also gave up 30 points a game. So that's not sustainable. So what you need to do is you need to find a way, and I've said this plenty of times, you got to give up. You got to be averaging, you know, around 20. Give, give up 23. You give up 23 points with the Raiders offense. If that offensive line is intact, like you said, I feel pretty good about their chances. So they've got to find a way, Gus Bradley and company, to shave off at least a touchdown off of what they were able to do last year, which is, well, not a lot. They gave up 27 or gave up 30 points per game, and that's going to lose you more games than it's going to win you. And they still found a way to go eight and eight. Uh, let's go and hustle back out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick and talk to Raider Mike. You're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, Q? It's great to Chilling, have man. You back at two. And so I can finally start listening again. I, I just, it was unlistenable, whatever that show was in your slot before. I do miss Scotty, though. Um, hope, all, hopefully all is well with him. Um, no, I'm just commenting about today's subject. The one I'm most excited about is Malcolm Koontz. Mm. I, I love that kid's game. I love his bend. That's, that's mini, mini Mac. And I think he's going to come in on third down and just wreak havoc. Right. Um, in camp. And when the season starts, the next one um, is uh, when we lay down a double tight end set in practice with Waller and Moreau. Moreau, watch what he does. He's going to be smoking that red zone. He's going to be getting touchdowns. Before he got hurt, um, a year and a half ago, whatever it was, what do you have, five touchdowns his first rookie year? Yeah, yeah, he, he was hurt. a man. He was a machine. Yeah, he was a beast. Now you got Waller on the other side, and then Ruggs streaking down the field. What are you going to do? How are you going to stop that? So I, I'm, I'm just dreaming of all these unstoppable offensive scenarios. And uh, the other thing I'd like to see, not a player, is how Gus Bradley 
is molding this new defense in one camp. Yeah. It's not an easy job. No. But it'd be fun to watch how he's doing it because I know he's going to pull it off. He's pulled it off in Jacksonville. And he took Bortles to an AFC championship. Uh, took San Diego from, like, what, number 30 in points down to, like, number four, whatever it is. So that'd be fun to watch. Um, lastly, you'll be cold lamp in both flavor flavor the rest of your life. <laughs> and you're the type of guys that just dance when that music's right. We roll that. Anyway, I love you, bro. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, my man, Raider Mike, right there. Love it, man. He said cold lamp, and I like that. That's good stuff. Like, DeMond's looking around. He's so confused. He don't even know what that means. He ain't ever heard of that. Not a clue. That <laughs> He that's, said it, and you, you got the clapping, and I was like, "Man, that's that old must school be, flavor right there." Literally, I was, I was like, "That must have been a good one." That's old school. You don't you don't know nothing about no flavor flavor. You know he'd be around Vegas all the time. Yeah, no flavor flavor. But I thought I heard. Yeah, boy. I thought he was saying like you maybe were like cold impersonating lampin'. flavor. No, flavor. cold lamping. Flavor flavor. You say it all the time. Cold lamping. Yeah, cold lamping. You gotta say it like that. You can't. You don't have to pronounce every letter. Cool. Come on, have, have a little. Come on, Demond, show a little street cred here. Come I, I, on, Doc. Hey, cold lamp can't do it. Can't, can't, I, I don't even know what I'm saying. To be honest, hey, that's all right. So the way I'm saying it now is wrong. C O A L. No, C O L. How about you just say C O L E? Cold lamping. Lamping like a. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. What does that mean? Don't it's, Expl- it, can you, it, No, no. I was going to. I want to get to what he was talking about. I was going to get into a text that we got below. Well, <laughs> I, can I talk about Malcolm Kuntz first? Because he mentioned Malcolm Kuntz. He ma- mentioned Foster Moreau. He, yeah, and you know what? I like I like Malcolm <laughs> Kuntz too. I mentioned him. This is what I believe. If Malcolm Kuntz, if the Raiders could get four or five sacks out of Malcolm Kuntz this year, you don't got to get double digits. This guy is a a, a a third round pick that. Is coming from a small school that many don't think is going to make it. I think, as I mentioned, he has a lot of tools on his tool belt. I think he has the opportunity to really do some good things. But he's going to be in a, in a, in a rotation. So he's not going to be in there all the time. He's not going to have an opportunity to get double-digit sacks. But if, you could, if he can find a way to get four or five sacks for the Raiders, and you have Max Crosby getting 8 to 10, and you have Unique Ngakwe getting 8 to 10, you're already up to about 24 sacks. Your defensive line only had 21 as a unit. In 2020, that's a huge improvement right there. And I think he's going to be a player. And I'm expecting four or five sacks from Kuntz this year. Now, after that, all bets are off because then he's, he's going to show what he could do. And I think that that's something to get excited about. So I'm glad that uh, Raider Mike brought up Kuntz. Foster Moreau, as mentioned, I think all of Raider Nation is on board when you say that you feel like he's going to be a, a, a touchdown machine. He has that opportunity because he was before. So, uh, you know, obviously last year he wasn't. I know a lot of people criticize the Raiders because they brought in Witten. I don't. I think that there was uh, – I don't think Foster Moreau was 100% healthy in the game, an opportunity to get healthy. And this is a game where you need to be healthy. It's just bottom line. He tore his ACL late in the season, his rookie year. So even though he was out there and he was trying to compete and he was showing that he was healthy, he wasn't 100% healthy. So I think that that made a lot of sense with what they did. Now, I know everyone wanted to see him in there more than he was, but he's in there now. And I'll tell you right now, he's looking good in camp, too. Again, it's early on. It's only six days into camp, so don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Gus Bradley, I would, I would put Gus Bradley and the whole coaching staff in the same category. I like Gus Bradley. I like Ron Miles, and I like Richard Smith a lot. Those three dudes, it's like a three-headed monster as far as I'm concerned. Defensive coordinator, uh, secondary coach, and linebackers coach. I think those three dudes have an opportunity to be exactly that. Dudes. Everyone's not a dude. <laughs> 
everyone's not a dude, <laughs> yeah. but they they have an opportunity to be dudes and really help this defense take that next step. Milas is a teacher. He's going to help that young secondary. Richard Smith has been around for many moons. He's a teacher. He's going to help the linebacking core. I asked Nick Kukowski about Richard Smith today, and he said, man, he's helped me a lot. Helped me a lot. He's He's been there, done that. He's a fiery coach. He's got a lot of energy. That's what this team needs, especially young dudes. They need a little bit of fire underneath them. It's just what it is. So I'm not mad at that. So I, I, I include uh, Milas and Richard Smith when you talk about Gus Bradley as well. Uh, let's take one more call, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Gangster Raider, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, y'all? Chilling, man. I got a few questions for you. All right. You was at practice. I'm like, um, since you was there, you was at practice. Now the defense actually looking. You got to see him up close. Who do you think looked the best on defense and who improved overall? And who surprised you on offense? Like, how how good they look, like physically improved or mm-hmm. just, just you know, from the eye test? Okay, uh, I'll say I think the defensive line looks very fast. I think there's a nice rotation. I think Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby are leading the way, but guys like Kuntz, guys like, uh, you know, Phylon, Jefferson, all those guys, Thomas, I think they look very fast. I think that Rod Marinelli has them playing where they're not thinking. Uh, also, Darius Steeles, who's out there, a guy I've talked about many times, he's showing that he's understanding or figuring it out. Uh, he's trying to figure out this defense every single day. He tweets out 1%. He's trying to get 1% better every day. That's another guy that I kind of I would look at as don't don't get caught slipping. That could be a player. That could be a potential player. May not be a day one starter, but could be a potential player. And offensively, man, I'll say Brian Edwards. I, I've liked what I've seen from Brian Edwards. I like his size. I like his hands. I like his energy and the way he goes about it. He attacks the ball, and that's what the Raiders need. And with that size, you got to throw him some fades. You got to give him an opportunity to go get those 50-50 balls. And that's something that you didn't see the Raiders throw a lot of in 2020. I think you'll see uh, a healthy dose of the 50-50 ball. And Brian Edwards is going to be a recipient. Henry Ruggs is going to be a recipient. Darren Waller has an opportunity. And Foster Moreau. I think all those guys have opportunities to go get that 50-50 ball. But Brian Edwards is the one that stands out to me the most. Okay, as far as the secondary, how did they look to you? Because they were the first game pass, right? Yeah, I mean they were in pads, but they, you know, it was it was only shells. Um, I'll just say that they they were they were okay. I mean, it wasn't anything special. Uh, this would be a day that I'd say that the offense was probably a, a, ahead of them. But with that being said, the offense you can't take cards to the ground. You can't sack them. I mean, they're, they're you know they're holding their 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 uh, their blocks for a long time. I mean, it's just it's it's really not set up for the uh, the defense to succeed. But Trayvon Merrick, he looks the part. You know, Jonathan Abram looks looks very serious, looks very focused. Uh, you know, he looks like he's a guy who knows this is a big year for him. Uh, you know, Casey Hayward's doing his thing. Um, Trayvon Mullen, who talked to the media today, he's very consistent. He looks like he looks the part. Now, he did get beat by Ruggs. But again, I mean, who didn't get beat by Ruggs? He had a really good day today. So uh, hopefully that helps answer your question. Uh, Gangster Raider, thank you so much for that call, my man. And uh, yeah, that was, like I said, just a few of the highlights from uh, training camp. Uh, this afternoon as as the shells went on. It wasn't the full pads, but shells went on. So thank you for uh, all the feedback in that uh, first hour. Uh, we did not get we did not get our summer our summer league conversation in. Albert Hall never called us. I'm trying to get a hold of him, trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do. But now we're kind of crunched with time. So uh, we're going to have to move on from that and, and kick into hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. And the way we're going to start that is with the Hall of Famer herself. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk does a great job covering the NFL like a glove. I know she's out in Oxnard, California with the Cowboys as they're preparing for the Hall of Fame game against the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up this Thursday. We'll talk to her about all things NFL. We'll do that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920.